We just wanted to let you know that we're doing really well here in Cusco and to send you all of our love. Yes, we go to a Peruvian school now twice a week. We've made loads of new friends and we are getting so much better with our Spanish too. We are still doing our clubs four times a week and I have a competition in Cusco coming up in July. And I've joined a new volleyball. Club! Club! <laughs> We've had a few ups and downs recently and Andy's going to explain a bit more in detail. However, we are just so very grateful for the love and the support of God and our Hope Church family. Thank you. Graham and Michelle will be arriving today. Woohoo! We have some exciting news. We're coming to visit home in November! Yeah, and we are so, so looking forward to seeing all of you. Bye for now and enjoy Daddy's talk. Adios! Thank you so much, girls. Hello, Hope Church! It's great to be with you this morning. And also so good to hear how well the carnival went last week. I'm hearing stories that you were chatting with people, praying with them, opportunities to share the gospel. That's awesome. Now Graham's told me this morning that I can speak on whatever I like. So I'm going to mix it up a little bit. I want to give you a bit of an update on, on what God's been doing here and at the same time mix it in with a little bit of encouragement and insight from what I feel that God wants to say to all of us and say to you as a community. I'll be jumping around a little bit so apologies in advance for that but I've been given free reign, so strap yourselves in. Now, from what we hear from family and friends and from what we see online, there's so much going on at Hope Church. Extending his kingdom, reaching into the community. People are drawn in to what you guys are doing. It's clearly advancing his kingdom here through you all. So much so that we are very aware that a lot of you we don't know yet and haven't met before. Since we left for Peru 18 months ago, so much has changed and advanced. It's great. So for those of you that don't know us, I'm Andy. I'm here in Peru with my wife, Helen, and two girls, Faith and Emma, who you just met on the video. We're not pastors. We're not preachers. We're simple followers of Jesus that have been obedient to his call and are doing the best that we can to try and live into that. I'd just like to mention something I feel strongly about. People call us missionaries because we're away in a foreign country trying to serve Jesus and the people here. But I just want to make it clear that no matter where we are, we're all on mission. We don't have to be living away in another country to be able to serve Jesus. We're all called to be missionaries, carriers of the good news, wherever we are and wherever we go just so happens that that God has called us to Peru and so we're here trying to be obedient and the title of my talk today is called trust through trials and I just want to share with you some of the thoughts that that entered my head when I was asked to do a recorded preach there's so many good speakers at Hope Church why me what on earth am I going to speak about I haven't got enough time to prepare a talk who wants to listen to a recorded talk anyway? Live is so much better. They must be extremely desperate if they're asking me. And then I prayed. I then prayed and heard truth instead of deception. It's an honor to speak. 
Hope Church is your community and family. They haven't heard from us for so long. They'll be interested in what you share. Trust me. I'd just like to pray. Father, thank you that although we are thousands of miles away, we have this opportunity to connect today. Thank you for the opportunity to hear of your goodness and focus on you. Open our hearts and minds, Lord, to not only hear about what you're doing, but to be guided and led by you on our journey with you, Lord. We pray, come Holy Spirit. Amen. So I'm just going to rewind a little bit. It's 2019. We're, we're comfortable. I'm teaching in a secondary school. Helen is children's worker here at Hope Church. The girls are happy at school. We've got a house, family, close to friends, fully involved in church life. But we feel that God has more for us. We just don't know what that is yet. So we pray a simple prayer. Lord, how can we serve you? What's your will for our lives? And after two years of, of praying that same prayer, God gently spoke to us. The quiet whisper that we tried to ignore turned into a loud roar that we couldn't dismiss. I want you to retrace your steps. You're going back to Cusco. As a family, we had a decision to make. Do we go risky or do we go safe? Do we go risky and, and stay comfortable and stay where we are? Or do we go safe and follow God's leading? Do we do the riskiest thing we could ever do with our life and ignore what God is saying to us? Or do we do the safest thing and say yes to God? Yes to the one who knows us best and wants only the best in our lives. So we played it safe. And in February 2022, we arrived in Cuzco, Peru. So a bit of background to Cuzco. It's a, a big city of over half a million people. It was the ancient capital of the huge Inca Empire, known at those times as the navel of the world. It's high up in the Andes Mountains. It's full of incredible Inca history and ruins and beautiful Spanish colonial architecture. It's a tourist haven and a melting pot of Inca pagan religion mixed in with Roman Catholic tradition. And it's a spiritually tough place. It's been known as the graveyard of missionaries. And as many of you are aware, when we arrived, we had no idea what God wanted us to do. So we started praying. We prayer walked in and around all the different streets and districts of Cusco. What's your will, Lord? How can we serve you? Where do you want us? We started in surrender. We knew that God had called us as a family to Cusco, but no idea what he wanted us to do. So with dependence, surrender and trust on the Lord, he's opened up incredible doors to incredible opportunities. So for the past year and a half, God has presented us with two main areas of mission, creative prayer rooms and prayer on the streets. Now with the prayer rooms and, and being here in Peru representing the prayer movement, 24-7 prayer, part of our role is to help people pray. We don't want to come in here and force our culture on them, make them do the things the way that we do them or the Western way. However, we do want to work with 
um, God to help bring about the freedom in Christ that might be missing from some people's lives. The, the freedom of knowing that they can talk to their father in any time at any place. And we've absolutely loved introducing creative prayer to a variety of places and people. We've put in prayer spaces in different schools, colleges and children's homes where we're witnessing incredible responses and hunger to this form of prayer from young people who have never known that they can encounter God in this way. Here's just a short video, two opinions of two um, girls at a local school who took part in one of the prayer rooms. A mí lo que más me gustó fue que cuando yo entré sentí una paz, sentí que Dios estuvo aquí, que me, que bueno, me sonrió, sentí muchas cosas. ¿Y a ti qué te gustó? Ah, lo que me gustó a mí es que podías expresar lo que tú has sentido y me gustó que digo también lo mismo que sentí la paz y cuando oramos me sentí and we've also got a short clip from Pastor Benny, who runs a local children's home. Bueno, esta semana han armado acá el salón de oración, donde nuestros jóvenes durante la semana, durante el día o en la noche bajaban a tener un tiempo de oración. Una de las cosas que quisiera resaltar es que no todos nuestros jóvenes creen en Dios. Pero ha habido jóvenes que no creen en Dios que han bajado a tener este tiempo de oración y creemos que es un paso muy bueno para ellos porque abren, han abierto su corazón y de alguna manera también están comenzando a creer en Dios. So through the relationships that we've built here, we're also seeing a hunger and a desire in a variety of churches and different communities to encounter God in a creative way. We've led conferences and workshops on, on how, to how, to how to pray and create pre creative prayer spaces, whilst introducing many to 24-7 prayer's values of prayer, mission and justice. And we're slowly beginning to create a small team of volunteers and helpers to work alongside us as well. We're fully involved with church life. Our local church called Corazon, they fully embraced what 24-7 prayer stands for and have been such a great help and support to us. And here's a short clip from Pastor Danielle from our church Corazon. Hello everyone, my name is Daniel Ramos and I have the opportunity to serve here in Corazon. Let me tell you something about 24-7 Pray. They are not just a blessing for me, they are a blessing for our church. They inspire us and teach us how to pray, but not in a normal way, in a creative way. Every Sunday before church, we have a station of pray before service, and this is a, a way that God prepares the heart of the people. Also, in the beginning of this year, we have a week of pray and fasting and we create prepare this uh, pray room for a week and it was wonderful the way the, the response of the people how, how we can pray together and worship God together also in Easter this year we have a pray room on the top on the mountain can you believe that that was wonderful many people go to this station and get inspired to pray God, to connect with God. And we not only have the opportunity to, to work with them just like a partner in ministry, no. 
they are family for us. And we are so grateful to God to have the opportunity to know them and serve God and people together for His glory. And that is our experience with 24-7 Pray Peru. God bless you. So Pastor Danielle will hopefully be coming back to England with us when we visit in November. So you'll get to meet him in person. So with the street prayer, we're, we're praying regularly on the streets of Cusco, offering prayer, listening to people, building relationships, speaking to them about Jesus. It's been incredible to see the hunger to not only receive prayer, but also to join in and pray with us. And through this outreach, we've witnessed God do amazing things in people's lives. Gretel is one of our volunteers who's, who comes along and joins us on the streets to pray. Here she is. La caminata de oración creo que ha sido más de bendición para mi vida que para las personas con las cuales he podido eh, orar por ellas, ¿no? Entonces, eh, yo, yo digo que la oración es eh, bendición eh, para cada uno de nosotros. Entonces, tiene que estar siempre presente en nuestras vidas. Por eso ha habido muchas personas, incluso que en el camino, nos han pedido oración por salud, eh, por sus trabajos, por sus familias. Y ha sido muy emotivo porque han sido tan sinceros en poder eh, pedirnos que, podem, que podamos orar ¿no? al Padre por, por ellos. Eh, bueno, esa es una experiencia muy hermosa. ¿Por qué? Porque nos permite acercarnos, una tener una relación con las personas como básicamente es lo que quiere que Jesús hagamos ¿no? con otras personas que no lo conocen. Eh, mostrar a Jesús por medio de nuestras vidas. No solo nos quedemos eh, con, con nuestra salvación para nosotros mismos, sino también compartamos con otros. Hay mucha gente ahí afuera que necesita a Jesús. Mostremos a Jesús. Seamos luz. Entonces los invito a que la oración sea parte de sus vidas. Y el Ministerio 24-7. And we have so many stories of how prayer is changing lives, how inviting God into people's lives and situations is making a difference. A guy called Emerson who sells sunglasses in the plaza. Before we met, and before we prayed together, he'd had his child taken away, his life was a mess, and he didn't know Jesus. He's now accepted Jesus into his life. He sees his child three times a week and is getting his life back on track. An older woman called Valentina, who sells these little coca leaf sweets on the streets of Cusco. I saw her crying one day and, and felt God say, go and sit with her and listen. So she tells me about her son who's permanently in hospital. He's been there four years. He's, he's paralyzed from an accident. He's mute. And without knowing how to respond, I offer prayer. We pray together as the tears stream down her face. And a few weeks later, we bump into each other again. She comes up to me radiant and smiling. Andy, guess what? My son's at home. He's at home with me and he speaks. He can ask and say, Mum, can you get me some bread? And we were both overwhelmed and praised God together right there. Now, would these stories and many others have happened without us praying? Maybe. Who knows? But the more we pray, the more we invite heaven into people's lives and situations, the more these wonderful coincidences seem to happen. Because Jesus tells us, doesn't he, when two or more are gathered in my name, I am there. 
The English evangelist called F.B. Meyer says that the greatest tragedy of life is not unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayer. I just want to ask us today and, and maybe challenge us, who do you pray with? Who has God put in your life that you can pray for? Someone maybe in your workplace or school or college or a friend that confides in you. Who's God speaking to you about right now? Maybe a name or face pops into your head that, that God is prompting you about. That you could this week go and invite the kingdom of heaven into their situation. Now one thing we can say for sure, that the last year and a half here has not been plain sailing. The last 18 months has been some of the toughest in our lives. We've hit opposition, walls, barriers to what we thought would happen. We've been lied to and cheated. We've trusted people that have let us down. We've lost thousands of pounds through making decisions for the kingdom. Our home has rats and stinks. Uh, it had a huge leak a couple of weeks ago that destroyed and damaged so much. We've had drug addicts banging on our door at 3 a.m. in the morning. We have gangs of young people taking drugs outside our house. We have to clean up human poo from outside our house. I've been followed and harassed whilst prayer walking in the streets at nights. We've been threatened and pressured. As many of you know, my dad has cancer and he's been told recently that the chemo hasn't worked and he's now in his last, uh, last ditch treatment. We've had months of martial law in Peru, riots and protests where over 60 people have been killed from clashes with army and police. Airports have been taken over and shut down, roads blocked. Our city has been cut off for weeks on end so that basic supplies and emergency care cannot get through to the people who need it. Due to this, we've had the disappointment of close friends not being able to come and visit us. We've had times of doubt, uncertainty, questioning whether being here in Cuzco is what God wants. Basically, things have not happened how we expected them to, or maybe how we wanted them to. It's not been easy. How can we trust God when things do not go the way that we want them to? I'm currently reading a book about St. Francis of Assisi. He was someone who trusted God. He went off to war as a soldier. He thought that this was God's plan for him, being brave and courageous. Only to come back a few months later, humiliated and despondent, with an illness that meant that he couldn't fight. He couldn't continue to do what he thought was God's plan for him, because God had other plans for him. And through that disappointment, God enabled him to found and start what would eventually become a global order of charity and spirituality called the Franciscans. Saul of Tarsus, he thought he was completing God's plan and trusting him. Then he had an encounter with the living Lord Jesus and became Paul, the greatest missionary of all time. Not something that he expected. And we see the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. He had a vision that he would rule over his family that for years it seemed like this was never going to happen. You know the story, he was sold to slavery by his brothers, he was made a slave, was wrongly accused and imprisoned, made a promise and then he was forgotten about. The trials and challenges that he faced beforehand seemed like this vision would never happen. But he kept trusting. The story of Job, he lost everything and I mean everything, but he kept trusting in God. 
and he restored all and more back to him. And there are so many other stories in the Bible of people that, that God uses because they trust him no matter what. And I'm sure that all of us here have been through and are maybe going through now difficult times. Probably more difficult than what we are here. Things that we don't understand and we didn't sign up for. And we start to question God and what he is doing. So we had a vision of a prayer room in the centre of Cuzco. We pushed a few doors at first in those early months, but nothing. We prayed for a Christian landlord that would want a prayer room in their building, but nothing. And then after a few months, we, we found one, or so we thought, and we prayed again. We felt that God was giving us the green light. We were super excited, so we got others involved, and we started raising money for this. A house of prayer for all nations in the heart of a city centre that's full of money, making, profit and darkness. So we went for it. We trusted in what we, what we heard and we took a step of faith. And after signing the contract and, and handing over the deposit and the rent advance, we soon realised that this wasn't going to be as straightforward as we thought. It took the landlady one and a half months to, to clear out her possessions from the room. We realised then that it, it didn't have its own water or electricity connected, that she was getting it from another place. We questioned God, why? What, what's happening? And we kept hearing back trust and patience. So we thought that maybe God had connected us with this family so that we could build relationship with them and trust with them as they seemed so distrusting of other people. So as difficult as this was, we, we gave our trust. We gave compassion, understanding and patience to this landlady and her family. Six months passed and we weren't occupying the space. We were then asked for more money to help connect the water properly. So we then had to make the decision to, to pull out and ask for our money back. This lady told us that she was a Christian. She prayed with us. She called out to God with us. She asked us to pray for her and her family. She deceived us and took advantage of us. And we later find out that she's got, she's done this before. She's got three other tenants with fraud and deception. We fell into her trap. So thousands of pounds later, we are still in the legal process of trying to get our money back, but we don't hold out much hope in the legal system here. Why did this happen? We felt that this, for sure that this was God's plan at the start. We were so excited. How could we have been so wrong? It just didn't go as we expected it to. And when I think about the disciples on the Saturday after Jesus was crucified. It hadn't worked out how they expected it yet. They felt let down, despondent, questioning, what was it all about? And on that same Saturday, we read about two of the disciples walking away from Jerusalem in disappointment, dejected and lost, all hope gone on the road to Emmaus. And in Luke 24, we read that a guy turned up to walk with them. The disciples didn't know who it was. We literally read the words, God kept them from recognising him. 
And it wasn't until they'd walked the whole day and then sat down in the evening to break bread that he was eventually revealed to them and their eyes were opened. And when I read this, it, it really encouraged me. Sometimes things are hidden from, from us. They're not revealed to us and we don't know why. Sometimes maybe things have to happen for us to be on the path that, that God wants us to be on. A lot of the time we don't understand. But that's okay. I'm starting to learn that that's okay. I won't always understand, but I still trust you, God. I don't get why this is happening, but I still declare that you are Lord of my life and want only what's best for me. I'll be honest, from, from this deceit of the prayer room, we've been hurt, we've felt embarrassment that it's all gone wrong, we've let people down. We'd be lying if we said that this didn't knock us. It's not been easy. We've had thoughts of giving up and coming home. And maybe you're in a, a similar place right now, of things you thought that God had said to you that haven't worked out, or things not going the way that you thought they would in your life. It can be hard to trust, but there is encouragement. At the same time, through all the, the chaos and difficulties of being here, we're learning to take encouragement from the fact that something is not happy with what we're doing. The enemy, Satan, the, the ruler of this world, clearly does not want us here and doesn't like what we're doing. And knowing this can spur us on. The Apostle Peter, who failed big time and then Jesus built his church on him, reminds us in 1 Peter, verse 5 to 8, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. It just seems like no coincidence that these things are happening to us as we look to advance the kingdom of God in this spiritually tough place. And I love the way that the, the message version puts the same verse. It says, keep a cool head, stay alert. The devil's prowling to pounce and would like nothing better than to catch you napping. Keep your guard up. You're not the only ones plunged into these hard times. It's the same with Christians all over the world. So keep a firm grip on the faith. The suffering won't last forever. It won't be long before this generous God who has great plans for us in Christ, eternal and glorious plans that they are, will have you put together and on your feet for good. He gets the last word. Yes, he does. Take courage from this church. The God gets the last word. He's great plans for us in Christ. Eternal and glorious plans they are. Wherever you are personally, if you're going through trials and challenges, remember, as the word of God tells us, we're not the only ones plunged into hard times. It's the same with Christians all over the world, it says. So keep a firm grip on the faith that the suffering won't last forever, that this life isn't the end. Take courage and know that he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. As a church community, as, as trials and difficulties and challenges arise, take heart from Genesis 50 verse 20 and know that what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn to good. When Satan wills something, he does it with the ultimate goal of bringing God's people down and bringing God's glory down and his people to ruin. 
And this verse from Proverbs that I've heard over and over again has a new significance for me now. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I don't understand, but I'm trusting. When we don't understand, how do we respond? How do we react if things are out of our control or not going as we expect them to? Let's just look at Jesus for a moment. How did Jesus respond when he didn't fully understand? How did the Son of God respond to something that he didn't want to happen? Jesus cried out to the Father from the Garden of Gethsemane. Three times Jesus prayed for God to allow an easier path. But Jesus knew, not as my will, but yours be done. This prayer that Jesus prayed in the moments before he knew that he'd be captured and killed for every single one of us. It sums up everything. It shows us how to respond, how to react and pray when things get tough. It literally shows us the principle of prayer. By Jesus praying, yet not as my will, but yours be done, demonstrates the fundamental insight into prayer that God's in charge, that Jesus trusts him. And if Jesus trusts him, then so can we. And do you know something? We're thousands of miles away, but we are encouraged and inspired by people here at Hope Church. People who are probably sitting next to you right now, who are going through challenges in life, who are dealing with things they didn't ask for or expect. But, these people are showing us that even though they don't understand why, they're still putting their trust in God. They're following Jesus' example and saying, we don't understand or know why, but we trust you, Lord. They're using praise as a weapon. They're pushing back the darkness and, and inviting in the light, ushering in the peace that surpasses all understanding. And these people are living knowing that God's glory will be revealed that the enemy will not win, that Jesus has already won, and that this life on earth is not the end, that God's glory will be revealed in the eternal life that awaits us in heaven. These people following the example of Jesus and declaring, not my will, but yours be done. Please know the impact of your trust. Know that you're such an encouragement to those around you. So here we are, a few months after this deception and disappointment. We, we haven't got our money back. But we're starting to see that God has a different plan. We're starting to see God do something that we never expected. He's revealing things to us, showing that he is in control. He's showing us something that we did not see coming and something that would probably have not happened without the process and disappointment and the trial that we have been through. There are so many churches here in Cusco, each one doing their own thing. There's so much division. And in line with a word from God that we had before we came out to Peru about healing and uniting the local church, a beautiful opportunity has recently opened up. And this has led us to be asked by the president of the Cusco Pastors Association to lead a citywide prayer initiative. Over the the past few weeks, we've been asked to lead a prayer program 
but that will unite the whole of Cusco in prayer. We're partnering with a project called Festival por la Vida and helping unite all the churches in Cusco to pray into salvation and transformation of this city. And Cusco's never seen anything like this. We thought God's plan was for us to be in the center with our little prayer room, focusing all our energy and efforts on this. However, it looks like God's doing something so much bigger. We're really excited by this opportunity. We felt we're called here to help unite the church and we've already spoken in front of over 200 pastors to present this prayer plan. And as well as that, we have been presented with an incredible opportunity to set up a permanent 24-7 prayer Peru mission base. Our local church, Corazon, has recently offered us free land on their wonderful prayer mountain to set up a strategic base in the middle of the city to reach the whole region of Cusco through prayer, mission and justice. Our expectation of focusing and reaching the people in the centre of the city has led to disappointment. But through continuing to trust in God, he is showing us that he's in charge and that his plan is much bigger and far more reaching than we ever expected. So much more than we could have asked or imagined. He's revealing himself in his plan in a way that we couldn't have imagined before. And this is by no means a completed plan yet. We're still in this. As I record this, we currently can't live in our house because of the, the hole in, in the ceiling and the stink of the rat poo and no hot water. But, and we're still hurting from the disappointment of the prayer room. But like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, Jesus is starting to reveal himself in this. We haven't got the full picture, but we're taking steps of faith and trusting in God. We still have doubts. We don't have the money. We're embarrassed to ask for more. We're, we're nervous to commit to something that after what happened before. We don't always get it right. We know that. But we're learning and we're trying. We're taking these steps of faith and we are learning to trust God through the trials. When we have dreams and hopes for things, but they don't happen, how do we respond? If it hasn't happened the way we want it to or expect it to, do we still trust God? Can we focus on the things above and not the things of this world? Can we follow the example of so many in the Bible, so many that God has used to complete his plan, men and women of God who have trusted in him no matter what? Can we follow in the footsteps of Jesus and be his disciples, trusting him and declaring, not my will, but yours be done. Let us pray together. Father God, thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your love that surrounds us. Thank you that no matter what we go through in life, you are here with us, walking every step through the trials and the challenges that we face. Thank you that you always know what's best for us, Lord. We declare this morning that we love you and that we trust you. Help us to keep our eyes fixed on you and stand firm in the faith. Thank you that your word tells us that the suffering won't last forever. Thank you that you're a generous God who has great plans for us in Christ. Glorious and eternal 
plans. Thank you, Lord, that your word says that you will put us together and on our feet for good. Thank you, Lord, that you always get the last word. Yes, we love you, Jesus. We declare your glory over our lives, Lord. And we ask that you will help us to carry our trust in you this week, Lord, into lives and situations of those in and around us that you've placed in our path, Lord. We love you, Father, and we trust you with our lives. Amen. Thank you so much, Hope Church family. We absolutely love you, and we are so excited to see you guys in November in person. Bye for now.